Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We still were fast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bill Buds podcast. Now, I know what you're thinking. What the fuck? They just did an episode last week. I shouldn't be hearing this for at least another week. Well, no, surprise. We did tell you at the end of the last episode, but it was kind of a long one. It's Weeztoberfest, baby, which means that we are bringing you four fucking action-packed <laughs> weeks of Weezer, and I couldn't do it, me, your host, JPC, without the best color commentary man in the business, my co-host with the mo-host, JJO. I'm talking Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how the funk are you? Brother, I'll tell you what, Weeztoberfest has been has kicked off nicely. Um Old, old Man Rivers <laughs> came to my house and brought me <laughs> a brand new washer and dryer. Oh, what what a perfect what a perfect mm-hmm. Weeztoberfest surprise. Yeah. Wow. And I'm very excited uh to wash and dry all my clothes. Yeah, we talking Oh, front load or top loader? What are we talking about? Front load. These bad boys are stacking. And Ooh. I'll tell you what, um, it was a tight squeeze. Yeah. But they fit. Yeah. And I'm and I'm pleased as punch. Johnny, I'm so happy for you. Uh I'm a front I'm front load lifestyle now. Um, you know, we've got we've got the front loaders here and in, in in the house. And I'll be honest, I've never really had a front loader before. Very important that you wipe that bad boy down after every wash. What do you mean? After you are done washing your front load washing machine, you crack that open and you have to wipe down the cylinder because that water and, and then kind of leave the door open a jar so that airflow can circulate in. Because if you leave water in there, it'll rust and it'll get like oh. moldy. Yeah, you don't. You, and it, it, so it's really, really important that you clean that after every use. Mm-hmm. Hot tip. Our- Hot tip from a front load uh, from a front load, you know, boy himself. I uh, our last place had. A small combo washer dryer. It was one little box that did both, and it was tiny. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like to hear something like that. It was. It was. It was great. It took a long time, but it was great. Yeah, Johnny. Now, when you say it's great and it took a long time, I want to tell you right now. I don't think it was a thing that does both. I've never heard of that before. I think that you, what you did is you dried your clothes in a washing machine, and it probably no. no you just put a blow. You just put a hair dryer in there. You let it bounce around. <laughs> Guess that stuff dries a bone. <laughs> but it, the new ones that we got are the same brand as that one. And uh, something that I loved that I missed very dearly when we moved, and I think it's it's very um, germane to the show, played a nice little song when your wash was done. And baby, we got that song back, and I'm very excited. Is it an LG, Johnny? It is an LG. I got the same song. Oh, it's a great, it's a great I, tune. I got that. And I also talked to a person who was like, who kind of knows electronics. And they were like, I, they tried to see if they could like jury rig the software to play different stuff because it Whoa. has the capacity to play things. You can't do it. Hmm. LG only, it can only play that little, uh, that little song. Cause the old ones that we had in here, it just sounded like a, like a, like a fucking bomb, uh, uh, what's it? What's it called? Like an air raid siren? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah that's no, that's not the this. old way. No, this is a little oh. jingle. 
It's great. Well, Johnny, I'll tell you what. Um, uh, wait, you said what did you say? Rivers, Claw. old man Rivers, old man Rivers. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Jinglin Brian Bell, uh, bass player for Weezer. Uh, <laughs> no, I think he's not the bass player. I think he's the guitar player. I'll tell you what. Jinglin Brian Bell uh, brought me for Weezertoberfest was a new stair runner uh, for our uh, stairs. So it's like a runner rug that like goes on oh, the stairs. Oh, that's great. For traction, for spaghetti, so she can go up and down the stairs and not like dig her claws into it. Uh, which, by the way, she has been doing better at going up and down the stairs, but now she's got she got a little more rug support. So very happy about oh, that. We could all use some more rug support. And I hope that whatever um, one of the members of Weezer brought you for Weeztoberfest is is going to uh, be great for you as well, everyone out there listening in Bill Bud's land. And if you are listening and you have no context for what the fuck we're talking about, welcome to Weeztoberfest. Four weeks of uh, Weezer. We do this every October here at the Bill Bud's now. Except for last October. But starting this October... Leap your rules. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, so uh, we don't do it. If it is a leap year, we don't do Weeztoberfest. Was last year a leap year? Uh, yes. Oh, then yes. We do not do Weeztoberfest on a leap year because it's not in the spirit of Weeztoberfest, of course. Uh, that's You look foolish for bringing that up, dear listener. <laughs> not us for making up that rule right now. But we are doing all the Weezer albums in October, in chronological order, in order of release, and we couldn't be more pleased. Well, and we're not doing all of them this October. We're doing four of them this October. Then we're going to take an 11-month break, and we're going to yes. do four more next October. A Weez-Toberman's nap, if you will. <laughs> uh, and then we'll do, yeah, we'll do more. We'll do more <laughs> next year. And we really hope that you go on this journey with us of uh, two people um, who have a very particular Weezer journey. And Johnny, it's the beginning of Weeztoberfest. Should we just talk about what our Weezer journey is? Yeah. When did you first get into Weezer and what has your Weezer experience been? I'll tell you my, I know without a shadow of a doubt, my first exposure to Weezer. Oh, okay, please. And that's, I like many people my age, I assume, booting up Windows 95. And, and we'll talk about it when we get there, but... Windows 95 did come preloaded with the music video for Buddy Holly. It did indeed. It did indeed. <laughs> um, so that was my first exposure. And then, obviously, on the radio, I heard Buddy Holly on Done the Sweater Song, Say It Ain't So, all the big hits. Um, through, I mean, and then throughout the course of their career, there is one Weezer album. I've owned a couple. This is not one of them that I have owned. But I have, I have listened to this one um, before prepping for the show. Um, but there is one Weezer album that I will not reveal now because we will get there eventually that is, has always been one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, and I don't, I don't know why it's just an album that I've loved and I wouldn't going into Weeztoberfest, I wouldn't call myself a Weezer fan. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. I like plenty of their songs. That album is one of my favorites, but I wouldn't say that I am a a Weezer fan. Well, Johnny, I guess my Weezer experience would be that, I, I mean, I got into Weezer early on, and I think like most things that I was getting into, I have my older brother, who's three years older than me, to, to uh, blame slash thank, um, because I think that he must have listened to Weezer, which got me into Weezer. I, I, I owned this album, and I very vividly remember loving this album when I was much younger. 
Now, this album came out in 94, uh, the one that we'll be discussing today. And I didn't, I mean, I, I definitely was not listening to it in 94 when I was six years old. Uh, but I picked it up when I was, you know, a pro- probably middle school was when I first really got into it. Um, you know, and then it became, a, a lot of Weezer's music became really big for me when I was in high school. And then complete radio silence, completely fell off of Weezer. Uh, maybe they put out an album at one point that I didn't like or I didn't listen to very much, um, but didn't didn't hear, like, had not listened to a Weezer album until, in, during the pandemic, they put out, two, like, two albums in 2021, which is wild. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, one, yeah, two in 2021. Very, very wild. But and they it's put only out, Weeztober right now. They put them it, all out before... Pre-Weeztober. But they put an album called Van Weezer that we listened to uh, on the Patreon in a listening party one month. We do monthly listening parties on the Patreon. We listened to Van Weezer, and we were both pleasantly surprised yeah. with our impressions of that album, which is, I mean, kind of, kind of, kind of wild. So I definitely was a Fairweather fan, but there was a point in my life where Weezer was important to me. Was like wow. identity important to me. Yeah. I, I remember very vividly having I only had two band t-shirts growing up, but I had a Weezer blue album t-shirt. Was it blue album or green album? Now I don't remember. But I also had a less what than color was t-shirt. It? Uh black. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um but I, for whatever reason, I just remember wearing that less than Jake uh, T-shirt and the Weezer T-shirt a lot. I re- really loved those uh, those two bands at that time. That's th- I did not know that about you. That's that's fun. Yeah. But Johnny, I am so excited to go on this Weeztoberfest journey with you as well, because we are going to be returning to some Weezer albums that I, um, you know, had a strong personal connection to. And then eventually we're probably going to get to some Weezer albums that I've probably never even heard before. Yeah. Uh, because that's the true nature of a Weeztoberfest. But for today... We are talking about their 1994 debut, uh, an album, confusingly, if you're looking at it on Billboard, called Weezer, uh, because <laughs> it, but, but colloquially, colloquially referred to as the Blue Album. It it's it is maddening that half of their albums are just called Weezer. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and it, truly, it is hard to search for them. So let's let's uh, go into a little bit of the statistics on this album. Um, I believe Rivers Cuomo was like twenty two or twenty three when this album uh, w- was coming out, uh, maybe twenty four, so early twenties. It was released May tenth, nineteen ninety four clocking in at 41 minutes and 26 seconds for 10 tracks. We'll get into why that is with at least one song that's pretty uh, uh, pretty much the bulk of that 41 minutes. Um, it spent 78 weeks on the top 200, peaking at number 16 on February 3rd, 1995. This album went triple platinum in 1995. It sold uh, over 15 million albums worldwide, and that's just by 2009, and it remains their best-selling album to date. That's wild. Their debut is their best-selling album. A, a truly incredible performance on a debut album. The Rolling Stone has this album. They, I guess Rolling Stone does like a, a rolling updated 500 greatest albums of all time. Cowards, they should do 100. Um, uh, but they have this at 294 as of the last um, printing of their 500 greatest albums of all time. So it didn't crack their top 100, but it may still crack ours. Uh, I have a friend, you you know this person too, Spencer Hamilton, uh, okay. listened to all 500 of Rolling Stone's top 500 albums. Probably the older version of the list. Sure. But I remember like he would just kind of like re- check in and report and be like, hey, listen to this. 
it wasn't very good. I listened to this. It was great. And it was it was a fun journey. That is very interesting. That that sounds like a very fun project to do. If we didn't listen to so much music for this podcast, it might be a fun project for me to do, but <laughs> I never will. Uh, I can't even enjoy the music I like. I have to listen to music for the show. Johnny, shall we just fucking get into this album? I think we should. I think we should. We've mentioned it a couple times, but the lead singer of Weezer's name is Rivers Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Um Rivers, such an interesting name. Love that name for him. I same, same. It's such a noticeable thing. It it is, and it's also the kind of name where I like. You know, there are a lot of. It's not a weird name, but it's a unique name, and I I do love that. Uh, we'll talk about it in this uh, t- first track, but um, a-, a little bit more about his like family naming conventions. Yep. Yep, uh, yep, but yep. let's get into it now. Let's get into uh, track one off of this album. This is My Name is Jonas. Thanks for all you Uh, so that is a little bit of my name is Jonas. I mean, track one. This is this is a banger to start with. This is a I know. This is a fucking fantastic song. And and right from the from the get go, which is why when I picked the timestamp, I was like, we just gotta just gotta yeah. start right at the start. It's such a such an excellent first. I mean, for some people, this might have been the first Weezer song they ever heard. You know, put the album on, just like, all right, yeah. let's see what these what these fellas are doing. Imagine this being the first Weezer song that you've ever heard, and then finding out the guy's name is Rivers and not Jonas. <laughs> well, I, I think that there may have been a time where I thought his name was Jonas. Like sure. I didn't know that I knew his name immediately, so I was like, "Oh, this guy's name is Jonas." Yeah. Um, and, and apparently that the at least the first verse is maybe about his brother. Yeah, whose name is Leaves. Leaves. Now, both of them had, I guess, other names that they went by um, that were like, I guess his brother went by Jimmy, which we'll get by later. But like Jimmy and Jonas also might be the thing. But because like he didn't just go by leaves at all times. But it seems like uh, Rivers is at least like pretty comfortable at this point going by that. Yeah, I will say Rivers feels more like a name than leaves. Leaves does not feel, Leaves doesn't even feel as cool of a name as Rivers. No. Like Rivers are awesome. Leaves are like... Uh, I could take yeah. them or leave them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I love this. I love how there's like kind of a chaotic sort of end to the song. I love the harmonica. I don't super know what it's about. I didn't you know, know Rivers was playing the harmonica. I, 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 he, yeah, that, that harmonica thing is really cool. I love the harmonica. I'm a, I mean, that's why just you wait until we get to 
fucking John Popper, John Pop Vember. Oh, oh, John Pop Vember, please, Blues Traveler on the show. <laughs> I, I also really just loved the workers are going home, the workers are going mm-hmm. home, like that, the, the bridge at the very end of it. And, and this song fucking rocks too. Like, I was, I would say when I put this album on, Johnny, I knew 90, I still knew, I haven't listened to it in a long time. I still knew 90% of the lyrics that I knew. There were also lyrics on this album that I had never listened to really before. And when I was reading them, I was like, oh, that's what he's saying? Like, I, I never knew he was saying, I'm carrying the wheel. Me neither. In my mind, it was, my name is Jonas. I'm carrying the whale. Because of like the Jonah si- and the whale. I thought the same exact thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but there was a couple of those in, in my, uh, in, in verse two, my name is Weepheel, which is mm-hmm. apparently the name of his like childhood sled. I, you sure. know, I, I had no idea. I, I always said, thought he said, my name is Renfield. I don't know why, <laughs> but that's just what I thought he said. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. This song, this song feels like a lot of specifics that were not for us to understand. <laughs> and I, I think I really like that about the song, that it's just like full of just his life, you know, like yeah. it's just like weird specifics about his life. Yeah. The one thing that I found when I was listening to this album, Johnny, is, um, or when I was researching this album, that I found fascinating was the whole thing about Jason Cropper. Did you read about this? No. So Jason Cropper was the original uh, guitarist in Weezer who was fired after this album was completed because there was something about him. He wasn't like meshing with the band and then Rivers just decided to fire him. He went to Rivers' wedding in like uh, 2006. Like they're still friends and friendly. He was just fired from Weezer. But can you imagine being fired from Weezer in 93 before a career that has spanned like three decades? I mean, the same thing happened to Pete Best. I know. You know, it's just like, fuck, man. I never knew that. I never knew that the fucking Weezer had a Pete Best, basically, but they did. But it sounds like he's actually kind of, he was okay with it for some reason, which I would be pissed that I wasn't in Weezer, uh, personally. I'm pissed that I'm not in Weezer now, and I can't even play a fucking instrument. But what's wild is the guy who played guitar for the rest of Weezer, I, you know, whatever, I forget his name, and I don't have to know it for this album. I will know it for a future album. Believe me that. I think I've already said it before. But the guy that played guitar for the rest of Weezer didn't actually play guitar on this album after Rivers fired him, he went to um, the producer, by the way, the producer is Rick Ocasek from The Cars, uh, which is another band I fucking absolutely love. And Rick Ocasek did, I think, three Weezer albums. Um, but he went to Rick Ocasek and he said, I'm going to, we fired the guitarist. And he was like, you can't do that. And he's like, I'm just going to lay down all of the guitar parts right now. And he did it in one take. So all of the guitar parts on this album are Rivers in one take doing the guy that they just fired. Isn't that's that wild? Un- that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's truly it's truly very. I mean, it, it, their story is very very interesting. They were very young when this album came out. They were like just kind of like doing what they thought was cool. Rivers yeah. was, I think, twenty four when the album came out. When it came out, yeah. But a lot of these songs he had written when he was like twenty, twenty one, twenty two, because they they got together in like ninety. I think their first show was like ninety one um, when they were just kind of like hanging out doing shows uh yeah a lot of a lot of cool anecdotes and a lot of cool history from this album just because it became such a big influential album yeah uh johnny shall we talk about track two let's do it all right this is no one else
this is such an interesting one too. If this is your <laughs> if this is your first time experiencing Weezer, and this is the second Weezer song that you've ever heard, you'd be like, "Whoa, fuck these guys!" Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, listening to it more, and then hearing sort of the next song. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, this song's like funny and like weird and and a good time." Yeah, I think if you listen to the song alone without context, not knowing who Weezer is or not knowing like what it's about, you're like, first of all, it sounds still fucking fantastic. Oh, like, yeah. It's like so bright and so cheerful. It's about this like asshole guy who, you know, is like a misogynist and just wants to like control the person that he's with. The subject matter, it feels kind of like Alkaline Trio in the way that the subject matter is kind mm-hmm. of divorced from what the song sounds like because the song kind of rips. Um, but it is, it was meant to be, and they've kind of explained this to be like a satirical song and this and the next one kind of flow into each other. Cause they're about the perspective is the same guy who is like controlling and then ultimately, uh, gets, you know, the girl leaves him basically. And he's kind of like left, you know, picking up the pieces of, of, of him being this asshole. Yeah. Something that's interesting. You don't hear the word eyeballs much anymore. And I liked to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, you don't hear the word blabbers much. No, in songs. no. Um uh and I just love the sound of the verse. Um she she's got eyeballs in the back of her head. The way he says that, oh man, I love it. They the Weezer has like kind of like uh the, especially in this album, but it's really present through a lot of their albums. This like um uh, doo-wop yeah. uh, t- kind of inspired you know musicality especially like l- lyrically or rhythmically as well um beach boys is like a big inspiration for them too mm-hmm. so you'll 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 hear you'll hear that throughout i really like how kind of th- there's this like fuck around energy on this album a lot which was a very 93 94 thing um but i love the line please don't believe her she says that for anyone and if you see her tell her it's a hey 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 like they don't even finish. Yeah, who cares? Like they tell her it's over. They just go into like a hey, 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 hey. I love that. I love like I love like riffing. Basically, it's basically like riffing in the middle of the thing that you're supposed to be singing. It's it's got a similar energy to a lot of uh, to a couple of songs from like that dog. Oh, where it's just yeah. like we're just yeah we're just like fucking around. Who cares? I I love that. I love that energy for this album. One other thing that is interesting is the chorus reminded me a lot of the blink 182 song story of a lonely guy yeah and and that's kind of more like the you know kind of in line with what these two songs are about a little bit uh-huh. but the, but um I, it just sounded like the same melody and i wonder if blink 182 was like doing a nod to weezer I mean, it could have been. I mean, this album was huge. Like, mm-hmm. it's it was a big influential album. It was, it was their best selling one, you know, to date. So it's it's very possible. And I'm sure that a lot of those bands credited or or were at least like aware of Weezer because they were. Sure. Yeah. What What's so weird about Weezer and their sound is that they like they grew up. They were coming up in a time where a lot of shit was grunge, and they were like, "We don't want to be grunge. We want to be like punk rock Beach Boys." And it was like, that, that, yeah. they made they made their niche. Like they found like they found this like weird niche that they just really stuck to. Yeah, I think another thing that's really interesting about this album is that their sound is pretty unique in that like they're 
they're they're kind of carving a little bit of a path for themselves and doing things that are like you just didn't hear a lot of people doing at that time, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, and none of it is too none of it is so out there that it's like, what the fuck is this? But it's it's very much like this is just the Weezer sound. Yeah, it it feels like one of these bands, like Rivers uh, Cuomo has a very specific personality and the band is, not that he's the only one contributing to the band, but that is very driven from mm-hmm. the, him as a front man. So it, it's very interesting. Uh, Johnny, let's uh, do the follow-up to this. This is track three, The World Has Turned and Left Me Here. So that's a little bit of the world has turned and left me here. This is kind of the follow up where in the in that you know second track, um, this guy's an asshole, and then the third track, the girl leaves him, and he's just like left dealing with that. Um, but it's so interesting because like Rivers gives this character such because it's his voice, like such a sweet and sympathetic voice mm-hmm. that I never really connected those two tracks sure. in my mind. And and in my mind, this was just like a sweet like breakup song, kind of. Yeah. And now, I mean, it's, it feels so obvious now, like, yeah, but yeah, that's so interesting. Um, for, for this one, I love, I really loved the line. Um, and in your place, an empty space has filled the void behind my face. Yeah. That's such a good line. And it sucks that it's this like asshole saying it. Yeah. Um, the, the, I mean, the other one is that, that is, I, it sucks because it's very good is I just made love with mm. your sweet memory 1000 times in my head. Um, and you said you loved it more than ever. You said, it's just like that, that makes so much sense. This fucking asshole. It's like, yeah, we made love in my mind and you fucking said that you loved it. Like it was the best sex you've ever had in oh, my mind. Absolute, absolute. Like, shithead but the way he sings it is like again it's, it's so, so nice sweet. yeah it's so nice he's just like he's got like nice guy vibes all over and it's just like a shithead i i love that i love well, that's that the thing that's is like, that girls don't like nice guys you know that's a big theme for weezer <laughs> <laughs> uh i love this song man it i think it sounds it's this is a fantastic song i i love how it um it ends with the guitar guitar solo and then the rhythm guitar like coming back in at the end like this this one is this one is is really really yeah. really fucking good. I agree. Um, Johnny, you you mentioned it before, uh, but let's talk about it now. This is uh, this is track four. This is Buddy Holly.
I'll tell you what, Johnny, that that little guitar riff right there, that lives iconic. free in my mind, and it will until the end of fucking time. Absolutely iconic. This that, that that may be one of the most iconic guitar riffs in in the history of guitar riffs. Truly. It's not a solo, it's just a riff. And it's like I can't think I just cannot think of a more iconic riff. No, no. I mean yeah, I don't know. It's great. I also think that the 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 falsetto singing in this song is some of the most iconic falsetto. Like this yeah. song is just like deeply ingrained in me. Um it, I mean it's it's just an out of control all-time banger. I love the the I love everything about it. I love everything about this song. Something I found and this was I found it from a genius uh, annotation that I didn't I had no idea from uh, uh until I saw this, but the lyrics, the ooh, I look just like Buddy Holly. Um, it was originally, uh, you look just like Ginger Rogers, oh, oh, and I move like Fred Astaire. Whoa. Yeah. But they changed it to uh, Buddy Holly and your Mary Tyler Moore. Rivers Cuomo does look a lot like Buddy Holly. He does. Um, and they changed the line. And they there is rumor that Mary Tyler Moore and uh, Buddy Holly may have been like romantically involved, even though she was married for the entire time that Buddy Holly was like on the scene. They think that maybe the rumors started with this song. That's great. Yeah, that's just such a funny piece of lore about about this song. That that rem- that reminds me of um the the band Mindless Self Indulgence. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> But there, there was like this rumor that the main, the lead singer was the guy who played uh, Ferguson, Clarissa's brother on Clarissa Explains It All. Oh yeah! And then in one of their songs, they have a song called Clarissa, and he like leans into it. He was like, "Yeah, it was me," <laughs> and it just wasn't. <laughs> and now, now he was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. So good for him. Good for him. Um, another fun piece of lore about this song is that Rivers did not want to include it on the album and he like took it to Rick Ocasek and Rick was like, dude, you gotta put this on the album. He's like, this song fucking rips. I think that's so fucking funny. Could you imagine? I mean, I think it would still not to, not to give away my thoughts on the album, but I think it would still be a pretty solid album without this song, but like, yeah, it totally would have, but yeah, depriving the world of this song, it's like, uh, it, it, the thing about this song is it's like funny and um, weird and it's like it, you know how all stand-ups like their first joke is about how they look or who they look like or mm-hmm. what they you, it's like a very common first joke for a stand-up it's just like one of those things that's so funny for a band because you don't do the same thing as a band but to get up there and have your song be like look I look just like Buddy Holly isn't that funny like that and then it's also like a love song because it's like and you're Mary Tyler Moore and you know ah it's it's just such a fun twist brother we gotta talk about this music video this is uh this music video is fucking wild it's I like you said it was preloaded on the Windows 95 <laughs> operating system. Yeah. It, it, I, th- this, uh, Spike Jones directed it. Yeah. And he comes up a lot on this show. He does. I genuinely. Because we're, we're always think, talking about her. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think this is one of the greatest music videos of all time. It's so fucking good. And I can't believe that for a band's first album, they were able to like clear the rights to just use Happy Days. 
That to me seems so wild, but they did. They like they're like it's all like the set of Happy Days, basically. For anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, it's them playing a concert at like Arnold's or uh-huh. yeah, Arnold's uh, diner. The, yeah, yeah. The restaurant where they all hang out with on the show, where they all hang out on the show Happy Days, and it's like cut in with footage from the show, so it just looks like they're on the show Happy Days. And for a band like Weezer, who was like not, you know, this is a debut album. You know, it's like, it's such a, it, it is so weird. It's so weird, but it's so cool that it happened. It's so, yeah, it's just so, it's an absolutely wild thing. And it, it looks good. It looks great. Like, it, it, it's like Forrest Gump level, like putting people into things. And it's 94. It's 94. It's, it's wild. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this video is there are a couple times where like the members of the band will like kind of give a nod or like one of one of the guys like mouths I love you at like a, a woman standing like watching them and then it'll cut to like that person and get their reaction and those tickled me every time they're so funny very funny the uh, the other thing that's important, I mean, I, I, Johnny, I think I would agree with you that this is maybe one of the most iconic music videos because it was at a time, I mean, now we're so desensitized because everything is videos, right? Like you can just mm-hmm. watch music videos all the time. You, you you expect it. But this is at a time where it's just like MTV is still, you know, a thing. To have a music video on your computer was a weird thing to have at that yeah. at that time. So. The fact that this that existed in the that moment, it's just like you remember when U2 dumped that fucking album on everybody's iPhone? It feels like one of those moments where it's just like, oh, like you can do this? Like it turns out no one liked the U2 thing and they didn't really do that much anymore. Uh but but it's it feels so weird that it's just like, oh, this is just a thing that can exist. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is I never really thought about okay, it is wild that they got clearance to do happy days but then also for them for did windows reach out to them like did microsoft reach out to them they were i wish i did i wish i knew i'm sure someone does anyway it's i mean this is like an absolute all-time incredible video an absolute all-time incredible song yeah i mean it's just it's just it's just a fantastic fucking song i mean it, it really it really is and it's it's I, this is one that I highly encourage you if you haven't seen to watch the video. Even, maybe even if you're not a fan of the song, I still think that the video is fun. It's a fun uh, video. Even there's if you also don't feel like the song's not for me. There's also like a to be continued in the middle, yeah. which is very good. And the whole song is under three minutes too, which is which is great for for one of their more iconic th- songs. Uh, Johnny, let's talk about track five. Now, this is the first single that they put out, which is wild. Uh, this is undone the sweater song. So, uh, 
This is a little bit of undone the sweater song. I, I gotta say, Johnny, Ryan and I were listening to this album in the kitchen the other night while uh, we were cooking dinner, and this song came on. And I was like, I was asking her because she had she was familiar with Weezer, but I don't know necessarily know never listened to this album. I was like, Do you know this song? Have you have you heard this one before? And she's like, Yeah, this one's like called "The Last Chance to Lose Your Sweater." And I was like, That <laughs> is so funny. She was like, Don't say that on the show. I'm like, I'm going to. I mean, it's obviously I'm gonna tell people on the show. Like. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Uh, the Last Chance to Lose Your Sweater by Weezer. Love that. Um, Last Chance to Lose Your Sweater is another absolute fucking all-time banger. I love this song. It's wild that it starts with that like spoken word, just like conversation at a party. Yeah. But then the rest of the song is all chorus. Yeah. And it's a great chorus. It really, really, really fucking is. It. I mean, it's a, it's an absolute jam. Um, it's got a great guitar solo. The imagery of the song is really cool. And did you see like the story of of where that lyric came from? No, no, please. I guess. Um, oh, now I got to find it. Um, yeah, I guess Rivers Cuomo was like taking a, an English class. And I guess Einstein... Dr. Einstein, I assume he means Albert Einstein, but I don't know, um, used the image to demonstrate the effectiveness of focused thesis statement in an essay. Huh. Maybe his maybe his professor was Einstein, uh, Dr. Einstein, English professor. Um, but all I have to do is hold a thing, single thread in your sweater and it will unravel as you walk away. So it was like directly lifted from like some lecture that he had. Huh. That's that's really cool. Yeah. And it's it's. Uh, it's such a great line. I love the imagery of like th- this this sweater unraveling, and then I'll soon be naked. Yeah, I don't know. It's so it's so good. I've I've come undone. Th- this song has such an epic feel to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the during the twenty fifth year twenty uh, fifth anniversary of this album, uh, Patrick Wilson, who is I believe the drummer, um, for, or is that right? Hold on, Patrick Warburton. He played Putty on Seinfeld. Thank you. Uh, Patrick Wilson, who is the drummer for Weezer, uh, sat down with like um, uh, Billboard to do like an interview about this album. And he said that this is this is one of the first songs. I mean, it's the first single, obviously, but it was one of the first songs that like Weezer, the band ever did. They played it at their first show in 92 and they were playing at a place called Raji's with Keanu Reeves's band Dogstar. And he remembers there was like a bunch of people there and he was like, dude, this is awesome. Like, it's our first show. We must be fucking killing it. But then he was like, oh, yeah, no, they're there to see fucking Keanu Reeves and Keanu Reeves' fucking band. Like, of course, we're just also here. And then he's like, he didn't get to meet Keanu at the time, but he's like, but if I saw him today, I'd tell him I enjoyed those John Wick films. (laughs) (laughs) And I think if Keanu Reeves met the guy, the drummer for Weezer, he would be like, hey, man, thanks. Like, I appreciate that you love those films. (laughs) Um, what a, what a truly like gutsy first single to put out too. Cause it's, it's a very strange song. It's, it's everything about the song is strange. Well, well, think about it like this. So a Weezer wanted to self-produce this album, but people were like, you shouldn't do that. And so they ended up working with Rick Ocasek, who I think had a pretty big impact on their sound. B their first single is undone the sweater song. And they didn't want to put Buddy Holly on the album. So it's like, you know, he's 23 or 24. 
he might just not know what the fuck he's doing. That might just be like, you know, that's possible. But the thing is, this song was a hit. A hit. Uh, People love this song. And it's got like people fucking talking in the middle of it. I the the conversation that they're having is very funny and it felt very much like the first conversations that people have been or will be having going back to parties for the first time like uh-huh oh just life's so rad I'm so happy to like be back out again like you know so what I thought was very funny was and I didn't look into who the uh, people who were talking were but they the spoken word thing is credited and one of the people credited is Matt Sharp who was the bass player so I never knew that I, I I just assumed it was like kind of like a skit in the middle of the thing, but I never knew that any of them were members of Weezer, uh, which I thought was very funny. Also, I I think I read this about Matt Sharp. I believe Matt Sharp before Weezer had never sung, and he does backup vocals throughout this album, and he's the one who's doing like falsetto vocals and stuff, and so he basically had to learn how to sing. To, and it's funny because he doesn't have like Rivers, I think, has a very unique voice and mm-hmm. Matt Sharp doesn't really have like a strong voice. But he's he's definitely hitting some cool falsettos and he's like making he's making it work. But I just thought that was so funny to be like, oh, shit, I have to I'm going to be in this band now. And I guess I have to sing some of the songs in this band now. And I don't sing, but let's go. Let's do it. Weezer. Um, Did you watch the video? Yeah. It's another Spike Jones. It's another Spike Jones one. Um, it wasn't as popular as the Buddy Holly one, but I, I don't how, think, yeah, how, how could, could it, it have been? Yeah. Um, uh, two, two out of the three videos on this album, Spike Jones directed the, the third one. He did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just them playing in front of a blue background and there's some dogs at yep. the end. Yeah. It's fine. It's like fine. Um, I think that one, the, the whole album is just them in front of a blue background. Like that's the album mm-hmm. cover. And I think that it was Patrick Wilson was not crazy about the picture that they had taken. Cause he was like, my head looks too big, uh, which I, I thought was also very funny. Something funny that I noticed about this that I never noticed before is it's their whole bodies, except their feet are cut off, which is really weird looking. Cause there's plenty of room. Release the feet cut. That's yes. What we, thank that's you. What demanding us release the feet cut. Show oh, feet w- in 2021, w- Weezer. I want to see those riv- rivers to- toesmos. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's just so many of the choices made on this album are so fascinating for what the finished product became. Um, yeah. But I, I, I totally agree. There's just a lot of like weird, weird choices being made here. Uh, Johnny, speaking of weird choices, <laughs> let's listen to track six. This is Surf Wax America. I believe that's the falsetto Mm -hmm. Matt Sharp singing. funny thing that i read about this as well i think this was again from uh, patrick wilson's recollection of this album he was like i don't think any of us had ever surfed before mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's so fucking funny this is this is this is like punk rock beach boys yeah 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 it's such a it's a funny song it's very silly 
the I think the chorus is genuinely funny. It's just a it's just a fun. It's like kind of a throwaway song, but it's like a fun throwaway song. It's interesting that you say throwaway song because this song. I, sometimes I would like just forget that this was on the album, and it's not even that it feels out of place because I do think it feels at home here on the album. But it it's not one of their more memorable ones. It wasn't a single. Mm-hmm. It, it does on a track on an album that's ten tracks. Like you don't really have filler, but it kind of does feel feel like filler, um, and it's very repetitive as well. But it you're right. It's it's like funny and. I, you know, it's it, it it just it is cementing more what their vibe is, but it's also got this like this n- very '90s, very Gen X mm-hmm. like fuck you fuck, mentality, like, fuck the man, fuck authority, but yeah. not really anything past that. Like that that was my favorite thing about favorite slash worst thing about like Gen X was the like the revolutionaries that they looked up to were the revolutionaries of the '60s who were like drop out man but it's like and then what else like what else do you do right. past that and they inherited that legacy and they were like fuck authority and you're like yeah but what else and now we get to like grow up in a time where like millennials and zoomers are like fuck authority and we're like yeah and what else and they're like well what else is like an actual detailed plan to like defund police departments? well not that not that <laughs> yeah but i do i do love that like the change in what these like, and the, I'm, again, I'm being kind of reductive in, in this analysis, sure. but I, I do love the 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 change in what these like different generations consider to be rebellion. Where it's like nowadays, it's like, oh, what we consider to be rebellion is in summer of 2020, we actually had rebellions all over the country. Where, where, where it just it just feels like you know. Uh, it makes that like '90s Gen X fuck you like just kind of like a special nostalgic type of fuck you. Yeah, it's so it's like, well, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna go to work, but when the boss turns his back, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a rude gesture. Yeah, and, that's and this is it's great. like spitting in the slushies energy. Like that's yes, what. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I'm I'm here for Surf Wax America, even if it is kind of like a eh song. Yeah, I I mean here's the thing. I I kind of forgot about it me too but every time it came up i was like oh hell yeah, yeah you know it, i was uh, it was it was a good time because it's high energy too mm-hmm. and it was they they really i think needed like a like a go hard song on the album and this is the perfect time for it so yeah i think i do prefer their like kind of slower heavier yeah. songs but it was it is a perfect spot in the album for this like kind of go fast just get on that board, baby. All right, man. Well, let's just let's fucking talk about it, Johnny. This is track seven we're going to talk about right now. This is Say It Ain't So. This is the third single. I love this uh i love this bridge as well mm-hmm. i mean th- this song fucking 
slays, it rips. It's so fucking good. It's absolutely killer. Um, yeah, I mean the the post bridge guitar riff too is, is fucking wonderful. That co- the chorus, the guitar riffs are fucking wonderful. Um, I, I love how uh, in the chorus it's just like the guitar strings, and, and this song is like man, it's like an emotional fucking gut yeah. punch. I, I don't know why, but uh, I have a friend, and whenever we do karaoke... I don't know why you have a friend either, Johnny. Yeah, I, knowing you, it's just like, it's unfucking believable that... Well, his loss. Their own, I guess. Yeah, his loss, for he, sure. He, um, But for whatever reason, when we do karaoke, we usually wind up doing this song, which is so funny because, first of all, it's like a bummer of a song, lyrically, yeah. but also, the f- so much of the phrasing of the lyrics is so, like, interesting and, like, hard to sing, kind of. Like, um... I can't confront you. I never could do that, which might hurt you. So try to be cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like the, it's just such a, not a way that you would normally say things even in a song. Um, and then I loved, I, did you read about this first line? Yes. That's so good. When, when rivers was like writing the song, he like was talking to the the other bandmates and, uh, Patrick, or he, he was like, what's a two syllable word for refrigerator. And I guess the guy just, Patrick, just said icebox, which is... It's like crosswords. You know, it's like, hey, like, what's a two-syllable word for refrigerator? It's like a crossword clue. Ever somebody be like, icebox. It's like, that's it. Yep, that's it. Because, you know, nobody says icebox, but you know what it is, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So good. Um, There were so many just, like, lines in this song that I was, like, growing up listening to this when I was very young, not knowing that it was about, like alcoholism and really like rivers dad and stepdad's alcoholism and but this bottle of stevens awakens ancient feelings it's like wow man what a fucking line um yeah did uh, did you read the what that specifically is about no so i guess his oh oh, yes 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 his father was uh an alcoholic yeah and i guess eventually like left his mom or they got divorced i don't know the the details the terminology um, but then then like i guess she got remarried and then he saw like a bottle of beer in the fridge and that's how he knew that his parents were going to get divorced because when his father started drinking that's when they got divorced and now his stepfather started drinking so he he was like oh i see where this is going it's such a weird thing too because it's like you know, at, with the mind of a child, especially because he also said he was like terrified of drinking and he didn't have a sip of alcohol until he was 21 just because of what mm-hmm. he saw as his parents' experiences. But like knowing that your father started drinking before he left your mom and then seeing beer in the fridge, is it like, is it a sign or is it just your brain being like, this is important because it's beer and beer is bad? You know, it's like, right. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. And then to put all of that into this song and this song sounds like, it, it is kind of like sad, but it's also kind of like nostalgic and beautiful. And and the chorus just rips that say it ain't so, your drug is a heartbreaker. Say it ain't so, my love is a life taker. It's, you know, it. there's just so much going on here. And you just get this sense of who Rivers is and the story that he's telling and, and the music that he's like trying to make in this. Yeah. And the, the guitar too is so, especially in the chorus, is so like, Oh Big. yeah, and, and yeah, oh yeah. This is a great one. So let's talk about Johnny. Track eight. This is in the garage. Got the dungeon master's guide. 
One thing I love about this song, too, is like, I mean, you can kind of get a feeling for it when you just look at the cover of this album that, you know, they're like kind of like, they're like nerds or at least Rivers is like a nerd, um, but they're making this like rock music that is, but it's like rock music for nerds. Being a nerd who loved rock music, I picked this up and I was like, oh shit, this is for me. Like they're talking about D&D. Um, which I was really into in comic books, which i not necessarily a, a huge comic book person. But I remember hearing this shit and being like, they're singing about D&D and they're playing guitars and stuff. They are so, they are so fucking cool. And it was like a, that proto, like, not only like nerds can be cool, but like actually being a nerd is kind of cool because like you're free to have your own fucking interests type of thing. And look at, look at us now. You, everyone is a nerd. Everyone. Nerds really did it. And Rivers Cuomo is a big part of that. I I I do have to mention that this I loved this song, but yeah. it is another song where they're just kind of listing things in yep. in the style of Eiffel sixty five's My Console. Um, sure, but I did I did love it. I also think it's very funny that the the two of all the people in Kiss to mention it's going to be Ace Frehley and Peter Chris, and not Gene <laughs> Stimmons and Paul Stanley. Come on! <laughs> they, I'm sorry, but they had to do it for the the rhyme and for you know Chris and Kiss rhyme. There's I, nothing, yeah, sure. You can't okay. say anything about it. I've got Gene Simmons. Johnny, would you like to would you like to talk to, about the annotation that you found on Genius that you sent me a picture of that we both oh, thought gosh. was so fucking funny? The, in verse three, I've got electric guitar. I play my stupid songs. The annotation on this is just Weezer songs are stupid. <laughs> Uh, I, I also saw that from that same Billboard interview, uh, Patrick Wilson was like, I always kind of thought it was fucked up that he was like, I sing my stupid songs because I was like, I don't think our songs are stupid. <laughs> I like our songs, uh, which I, th- I thought was so funny. I, I also really like it seems like when you're a kid or like a teenager, the garage, sometimes more than your bedroom feels like kind of your space yeah um i know like as a kid i almost exclusively hung out in my garage with my friends and we didn't even have like oh that's interesting stuff in there it was just like kind of a room with shit that was storage but we would just hang out there so um uh, or or a basement maybe if you're if we did basement yeah yeah. basement was was big for us or or for us for me growing up was attic because our basement Mm. was unfinished but we had like a third floor that was in the house that we lived in that was like uh, rumpus room, you know, kind of for like kids. That's cool. Um, th- what I found f- was so funny about In the Garage was knowing that, like, like I said, they grew up in or came of age in this like grunge, very grunge time, mm-hmm. which is like that Seattle garage rock. And I feel like there was this pressure for them to be grunge. But what they're talking about in this song is like, no, the garage is where actually I do all my fucking nerd shit. Like, it's, I'm not, we're not that. We're not grunge. We're not this other band. We're Weezer. And we play D and D, and I love the the music of Kiss, even though our music sounds nothing like that. And that's what this is about. And I thought that was so funny, like reclaiming the garage. 
It it remi- it felt like kind of like Freaks and Geeks or mm-hmm. um that seventies show. That that's like oh, yeah, what yeah, yeah, the yeah. vibes that this game because on that seventies show they're always like in their basement. Uh huh. And um, on on Freaks and Geeks, Jason Siegel's character like started a he had like a fucking insane drum set in his garage and and um. The, they also play some D and D on that show too. Yeah, they do. Uh, the, what what I love about this too, and this is kind of a production thing that they decided to do with the whole album, was a lot of their like just guitars and bass is, and especially on this song, is it feels so muddy. Like it mm-hmm. feels it feels like muddy, but and very pushed forward too. It, yeah, it, it, it's a very interesting choice, and I think it makes stylistically for a very fun listen. Uh, Okay, Johnny, we got to move on. So let's talk about track nine. This is Holiday. There it is. Yeah. It's fucking wild, man. It's just this little, like, doo-wop bridge that they throw in here. So good. Uh, now, Johnny, if, before I listened to the Blue Album a bunch in preparation for this, if you had asked me the song Holiday, is it, or I'm sorry, if you had asked me uh, the Blue Album, Weezer's Blue Album, does that include the song Holiday or Island in the Sun? And are those two different songs? Or are they, is that, is Holiday a part of Island in the Sun? I, I think Island in the Sun is where they go on their holiday. Exactly. I think, I think Island in the Sun is the sequel to Holiday. <laughs> um, the story behind this one's actually really cool. They got a cash advance for the record when they got signed, and they were so ecstatic about this like cash advance that they wrote like Holiday, which is this like super cheerful, happy song. And then the cash ran out and they like were back to like their other songs. But it's like it is so funny that they were just in a good mood, so they wrote a good mood song. And it really is just a nice good mood song about going on a vacation. Y- yes. And and it's like that that I feel like is different from that that dog album that we reviewed too because I feel like this Weezer album is funny but it also feels like very earnest at times. Mm-hmm. There is this cynicism in this like very 90s detached nature and then there's also just holiday where it's like yeah, let's go on a fucking holiday. Yeah. Also man, the when the guitars kick in after the bridge, it's so fucking epic. I love that little pause right before the guitars kick in again for the outro. Like it, this song kind of rocks, which yeah. it has a doo-wop bridge. It's got like a, it's got so much weird shit in it. It's a great, it's a great time. It's a great it is, time. It truly is a great time. Uh, Johnny, I, we, we need to talk about it. It's imperative that we do. We got to get to my favorite track of the album. I haven't asked you what your favorite track of the album is yet. Um, you haven't brought it up. Do you have a favorite? I, I mean, fuck, dude. I don't know. Uh, they're all so good. You they're know? all so good. D- I, uh, gun to my head. 
which is not happening, by the way. It's just it's just a normal day, and Johnny can pick any song he wants. There's no consequences to this gun, decision. Gun to my head. Um, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. I don't know. They're all good. They're all good. They're, don't make me choose. It's true. I won't make you choose. I will say that this is my favorite coming up, um, and it's this is an eight-minute song, almost a nine-minute song. It's their uh, longest song to date. I believe it. Um, this is a song called Only in Dreams. I love the bass. Oh, yeah. bit of only in dreams now johnny i I have said on this podcast before that i played the bass it was the only the clarinet and the bass were the only instruments i ever played the reason that i got into the bass was because of this song wow i wanted to learn how to play the bass riff of only in dreams it's a fucking fantastic bass riff the bass is like one of those, you have to have an ear for it and you can hear it pretty much in every song. That's not true. I mean, like people hear bass, right? Like the, you know, the rhythm of the song, you know, that with the drums. But there are a lot of songs where like, if you're not really paying attention to it, the bass kind of just disappears in the background. This is one of those songs where at points, all you hear is the bass. Mm-hmm. And it's just doing that boom, 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 boom. And I loved playing this on bass because it has two slides in it, mm. which isn't like something that you do, like I guess, on bass a lot, especially because the only other songs I was playing was like punk rock songs, which is like, which the song also has a little bit in it. Man, I fucking loved this bass riff. When I was in high school, Sometimes for band competition shows, for like marching band, I would just turn my amp off because I never learned the fucking Moon River or whatever we were supposed to play. And I would just play only in dreams with no amplifier. And I I think I may have said this at one point, but at one point we got a note from one of the judges for a marching band competition that the bass was too high because it wasn't even on. The amp was not even on. We were just jamming, me and my buddy Evan were just jamming out to playing this song and it was distracting. One of the judges said, like, there's too much bass. And it's like, no, it was just us having a good time. But we were like, yeah, point taken. We got that note. But but man, I love this song. It's, this song is fucking gorgeous. It's eight minutes long. It's got a fucking fantastic build in, mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And then also, what this song is about, it's like the Shy Guy anthem. It's this like, you never talk to the pretty girl. She only exists in your dreams the conversations that you've had are only in your dreams. And it's such a, it was such a pivotal and important song for like 14 year old me who is like, it was, you know, D and I'm a loser. Only my only friends are all losers as well. Uh, And it was just like, it was just like the camaraderie of that within this song is, is such a fantastic, like, awful weird like time in your life and nothing cements that time in my life 
quite so perfectly as like this song. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, thank God I got cool at the tail end of high school because I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't been elected class president. That, that would have been a, a bummer for me. You would, That's the moment. If that vote count had turned out differently, you would have become a full-blown incel. You know, when I did win, Johnny, I did walk around and people were like, oh, congratulations. And I'm like, it's no big deal. It's basically just a popularity contest. Which is something that you're supposed to say when it's not you winning. You're supposed to be like, it's a popularity contest. But when you win and you tell people it's a popularity contest, that's power moves. You're the most popular. <laughs> um, I so there's so much there's so much imagery in this song that I love, especially that first verse. She's in yeah. your bones. She's in your marrow. She's in the air, in between molecules molecules of oxygen and carbon dioxide. Yeah, I do. I love this song. I, lo- I don't mind that it's so long because it's like the last track. It's got that great crescendo, so it doesn't get boring. Yep. Um, I do the only thing, and I get that this is maybe more of its time, but that sort of like, it, I don't know, kind of obsessing over a girl or something and, and almost feeling like, I mean, it, there isn't this really in the song, but feeling like, it it feels like a slippery slope to being like, well, she should be with me. Why why isn't she with me? Why doesn't she like the nice guys? You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. I, I think that if you are like this could very easily be like the incel anthem, you know, to an adult. But remember, <laughs> it's it, it it reminds me of like the 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 Joker line, like I'm just a dog chasing cards. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught one, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like when I was 14, you I was a like, Joker. I was a Joker. I was totally Jokerified. <laughs> I was also like terrified of like <laughs> girls. Like I was attracted to them, and, but also like you know completely frozen in terror of like I, I remember. I, I think my first kiss was I was 14 for my first kiss, and I was like, I was so like scared of like what if i fuck up this kiss which is just like such a funny thing to think about now so i think yeah if you were like if you were carrying this energy with you into like the rest of your life yes but i think that in my mind this song is written for for the the garage kids for the garage kids for that time in their life for for where everything is awkward this is not this should not be like I think this is the most romantic song of all time because it's like a dream about a woman. No, I don't think that, but I, I do I do love it for what it is. And like even the weird poetry of the in-between molecules mm-hmm. of oxygen and carbon, that's like something a nerd would say, you know? I, I love d- that. I do. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love the song. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there, I get your criticism. There is, yeah. there is just like, and maybe it is because I have become Jokerfied in mm-hmm. the year 2021. Sure. Where I can't not... I can't just accept th- some things. You know what I mean? Like, I can't yeah. not see this through the lens of, like, 2021 incels. Yeah, you got to be... I mean, we, no, I don't think that Rivers Cuomo would have predicted the rise of the incel mm-hmm. <laughs> in modern culture. Uh, but he is responsible for it, and he should own up to that. What I will say, Johnny, this is definitely one of my top five Weezer songs of all time. This could be one of my top 10 songs of all time. Wow. It's a it's a fucking fantastic song. It's a fantastic song. I mean, the the, the I I would also say that if I if I'm being honest, my top 10 songs of all time, there's going to be quite a few over 5-minute songs on them because my truly my favorite songs I don't ever want to end and some of my favorite songs are like very long. Well, and if you if you only get 10 songs, the longer the song, the, the more bang for your buck, really. It's, it's true. You're just getting banged out for your buck and that's exactly what <laughs> Weezer is trying to do. 
Spoken like a true front loader. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny, that is the end of this album. It is only 10 tracks. But I'm worried now, Johnny, because this is the beginning of Weeztoberfest. We were were not huge Weezer fans. We had kind of left some Weezer in the past. Dredging this one up has brought back, has awakened ancient feelings. Here's what sucks. I had listened to this album before. Listening to it again, fucking blown away by how much I loved it. I and I and like I said, there is another Weezer album that is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. And I think by doing so many Weezer albums, we we might wind up with a, a Weezer has a lot of chances to make it on the top one hundred for us. <laughs> I mean they have sixteen chances. And as of time of as of now, <laughs> yeah. If we do this for another four years, they're going to get a few more chances in there. I bet. And after after I was done like prepping for this, I texted Jessica and I was like, you know, I I think I'm a Weezer fan now, with a sad face because I wasn't <laughs> expecting this to happen. I I'll, okay, Johnny. Well, then I will go first here because I was absolutely expecting this to happen. I knew I knew that if I picked up some Weezer albums from back at this time in my life, I was going to get some. I was going to get right thrown right back into where I was when I was listening to these a lot, which is you know um, the end of uh, the end of middle school slash grade school. I went to K through eight, so grade school for me in the beginning of high school, and I was you know, I, I picked this up and I was exactly right back exactly where I knew I would be. Um, and I'm very much in the Weezer fan territory. I would absolutely recommend this album. I think it's wild to me that this ca- album came out in 94. I mean, it sounds very 94, but at the same time, a lot of these songs in my mind just sound like fucking classics. Yeah. So, and it's got such a fun mix of like punky, Beach Boys, weird, funny. Like there's a there's a lot going on in this album. There's a little bit for a lot of people to like. I, I think that this is a very good album in that regard. So I am recommending it. And when it comes to the old top 100 albums of all time, you can bet your bottom fucking dollar this is showing up. And Johnny, as an homage to the age where this was so important to me, this album was so important to me. I'm throwing this at 14. <sighs> I know. Okay. I mean, it, this is a top 20 album for me. And it's like, I, I I didn't even realize it until I was in it. And I was like, oh, you fool. Why have you been avoiding it for so long? You love this album and you know you do. So it's going at 14 for me. Johnny, what are your thoughts? Soup to Nuts, an absolutely outstanding album. I would obviously recommend it. Also, it's only 10 tracks. So... If you're not sure, it's only ten tracks. What it's else? Forty. Is going it's on? over forty minutes. So don't, so don't only ten tracks me. It's a well. Here's the thing. By the album. time by the time you get to only in dreams, you're having a fucking ripper on time, and you're going to be along for the ride, and you're not going to mind listening to eight minutes. Of that's true. That's I, I agree. I agree. So yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah, it's it's going in my top one hundred, and much it has to much like you. The number I chose is an homage, not to the age I was, but to the year it was. Please tell me I don't have anything at 94. <laughs> Johnny. No. No, you're clear. You're oh, clear. Thank it's, God. It is spicy territory for you in more ways than one, <laughs> but you are clear at 94. Uh, we've got Weezer's The Blue Album going in 94 for you. Johnny, that is an 80-point gap between the two of us. Here's 
And and I think that I was maybe because again, I have this other album in the back of my mind. Sure. And I know I like that one a lot. A lot. Okay. And I didn't I think this is this is right for me and for this album. Here's what I will say, Johnny, and this is, I mean, I could have said this earlier in the episode, and I, I don't know if this is true for you, but I know that we're going to listen to four Weezer albums this month. I was tempted when I was listening to the Blue album to go and listen to some other ones so I could get like a baseline of where I would put them. I'm not doing it. I'm listening to them for the show as they come in the right order. Same. So if I end up with three more Weezer albums in my top 20, it could happen. It very well could happen. I hope I hope that it won't. Uh, <laughs> for my sake, I don't need to. I'm already like uh, an avowed Swifty now. I don't need to also be a Wheezy. Like it, I don't need this in my life. Um, there needs to be space for other music to exist. But I, I I'm sure that we'll get there together, Johnny, on this uh, wonderful journey that we call Weeztoberfest. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for um for taking me along. Thank you for being my. Thank you for being the the leaves to my river. I was going to say thank you for being my co-cuomo. Oh, okay. It's like co-pilot, but my quote quote co-pilot. My co-pilot. <laughs> thank you for being my co-pilot on this journey, Johnny. And thank you for being a, our co-pilot as well. Uh, if you love the show and you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Pod. Or if you don't give a shit about us, you can just listen to all of our Weezer episodes this month because they're all going to be on the main feed. So we will see you back next week for another rendition, for another rendition. For another edition of Bill Buds Presents, Chapter One, The First Saga of Weeztoberfest. <laughs> and with that, we tip our hats to you and we wish you a fond farewell and a happy Weeztoberfest. Tonight we're hanging with the boys, yeah, we're going out. Weeztoberfest! Weeztoberfest. 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 Weeztoberfest.